What is your self-talk like? Right? What is your self-talk? What are you saying to yourself? Because if adversity is occurring and the first thing you do is have negative self-talk, then you need to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. If you don't have the right mentors around you, you will not grow. We have so many avenues of different businesses now that if you don't go out and actually meet more people, your business is going nowhere. I believe that we're going to see a, a big difference in, in, in agents of the future who are more ethical and who have better systems and hopefully it will change the ethos that some people think about real estate agents and the whole thing of we all drive flash cars and wear nice suits 24 seven. Welcome to the Upshot podcast by Homely, where we invite you into honest conversations with entrepreneurs, challenges, and long-standing legends shaping the real estate industry today. Today on the Upshot podcast by Homely, we speak with Kizzy Okokani. He is the founder and CEO of the Flash Property Group here in Melbourne. Kizzy was a teacher in a former life, and today we talk about his passion for real estate, mental health, and of course, his love for teaching and coaching within the real estate industry. Kizzy, great to have you on the program. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Now, um, look, I think a really good place to start is just with the property space. Obviously, the residential property market is a little bit challenging out there, and with your business, you do both residential and commercial. Um, from a commercial standpoint, I guess we don't talk too much about that, but what's your thoughts on the commercial sales and, and leasing at the moment? How's that all tracking? Okay. There's been, a, there's been a big upswing in the marketplace in commercial. What yep. we've seen, especially what I've seen within my own business, is leasing is booming. We're doing really well with leasing. Over the pandemic, a lot of businesses shut down, but now we're getting a new breed of clientele wanting to set up a businesses that can withstand another lockdown so we are seeing i'm seeing a lot of inquiries in the medical space uh, especially within uh, my own business as well as cafes opening up so people okay. are really trying to find those niches uh, within the market that is actually going to sustain anything that, that the world throws at it yeah yeah, it's an interesting one. I know that um, you know a lot of businesses struggled through the pandemic, but um, it seems that confidence is booming again, uh, and you know everyone wants to throw money around, even though we should probably be clamping down on our spending with inflation as high as it is. But uh, here we are. But you know, a lot of agents that I'm speaking to out in the marketplace are saying that we may have reached the bottom on the residential front, and that you know even if we have one or two more interest rate rises over the next few months. Uh, that's already been priced in. Did you have any thoughts on that? Is that the way that you see things on the residential front? Well, the thing is, over the last couple of years, I, I believe every economist has, has basically got it wrong in a lot of cases. Yeah. So, some of them have, have got little bits right, little bits right here, but no one's actually been able to piece together what's happening in the marketplace because we've never seen this kind of marketplace before in the residential um, area. So where people are thinking the market's coming down or, or going up or sideways it is right now it is just it's unprecedented and the one advice i would give to any real estate agents out there is basically is have your systems in place and follow the world trial tried routes in the past because those still work the basics of real estate still work you still need yeah. to pick up that phone to do those step-by-step uh, -step processes that you've had always and don't try and second guess yourself just go for it and keep pushing forward the 
and interesting you say that because this weekend that just went by, we had the highest auction clearance rate mm. uh, so far. And I was talking to the wife about this and I said to her, the one, uh, my theory is that over the Christmas period or the last quarter of last year, everyone that purchased the property has now settled. So they've all got cash. Mm. And it could be that the last couple of weekends have been the first time they've been able to go out there. And because of the shortage in, in stock out there, they were happy to bid a little bit more because they wanted that they wanted a certain property. So mm. we are going to keep seeing an up and down motion over the next few months. It's going to take a while to settle, I believe, and purely because the interest rate keep going up, up. And if it continues to go up, then people will step back and just try to wait to see when best to put their property on the market. Mm. It's interesting. I know that when I was working in sales you know, many years ago, uh, it was always the busiest time of the year, February, March, April, because exactly what you said, a lot of people sold their property, uh, you know, back end of the, the year before they cashed up. They also get this desperation factor as well. They've got this pending uh, deadline where they need to actually find a place. And with the rental market the way that it is, you know, it's not easy to find a rental property. So uh, we certainly might start to see, you know, a, a spike in the uh, in the next few months with property prices, as you've said, which is very, very interesting. Um in terms of your career, Kizzy, you know, I think we sort of mentioned that you were a school teacher back in London, um, but now you've come over here, you're, you've met your lovely wife and she brought you over to uh, across the pond, as you put it earlier. Um, <laughs> give us a bit of a rundown on your career um, from when you started in London to where you are today. Okay, so literally I became a school teacher in my early 20s and I was teaching business studies, IT and PE absolutely love teaching. I was in the secondary school and that's where I met uh, Rachel, my lovely wife. So like every Australian went to England to travel around the world and then we met, fell in love and then uh, and, and moved over here. But after teaching, if a friend of mine opened a real estate company in, in the Cape Verde Islands and invited us over for a holiday. We got there, really loved it. We went back to London just to take a sabbatical for 12 months to try real estate in, in these islands. And we took the 12 months out and we never went back. It was just that easy. It, it, it was it was something that happens in life that is just changes the momentum of where you're going to go. And whilst we're in the islands, we, uh, Rachel and I were, were teaching real estate, we're coaching the agents, and I was an agent myself. So I really got to learn real estate, really grassroots in those islands. And it was really, really, really exciting to be there. Uh, so uh, from there, we decided to get married. We moved back to Australia in 2009, bought a house, and we looked at the marketplace. Do I go back into teaching or do I continue real estate? And at the time, teaching was paid really poorly, so we decided to go into real estate. And then I kicked off at Barry Plant in Oakley. Okay. And I kid you not, absolutely amazing people I worked with. There was yeah. a husband and wife couple, Dean and Kylie Siriani, who were just phenomenal. They really worked hard with me. They did a lot of stuff with me to help me get up to speed. And one of the interesting things about working in Oakley is I'm six foot four and I used to go door knocking and <laughs> people let me in. People let me in the houses. I'm like, yay! Because in East London, people will not let you in. <laughs> but here, they let me in, and I was able to get listings. So it was quite it was quite an interesting start to my career uh, with Barry Plant. The training they provided me, really, really top-notch. I really enjoyed the training that they did. Did my auctioneering with them. Yeah. And then literally from there, I moved to commercial. 
And part of the reason we moved to commercial was the wife and I wanted to have kids and I wanted my weekends back to do more, uh, so I could spend time with the kids. And moved to commercial, worked for Dixon Kessels in South Melbourne. Okay. Phenomenal, phenomenal brand. Uh, yep. John Pratt, Simon Regan, top, top operators. They literally schooled me on how to do commercial real estate. And they mm. showed me a lot of systems, which I use to this day. And I, I have so much admiration for those guys. They really helped me through the time. And then from there, I moved to one of the top firms in, in the city. And after them, I got made redundant in 2016. Really? And literally the week, the week we got made redundant, uh, we found out we were having baby number three. And so the wife and I sat down and we discussed what's the next step. And she goes, it's t I think it's time you went out on your own. And so we I took the leap and opened up Flash Property Group. So, and it's just been amazing. The last six years, it's just, I can't, I've, I've lots of ups and downs. And, but it's just, it's the best thing I've ever done because mm. it's given me more time to, to, to be with my family and to do what I want to do um, and do real estate my own way. And, and to cut that off, I opened up Super Sales Coaching in 2012, just part-time doing coaching. And, 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 and that in 2017, uh, 2017 really kicked off as well. So we now do coaching for schools, councils, uh, and we also do coaching for real estate agents. And just trying to help people to be the best version of themselves on a daily basis. Fantastic. That's, uh, that's awesome stuff. I'm that's, you know, to do a number of different things in the property space, you've worked in the commercial and the residential, you've got a, a range of different skills, but also the coaching stuff. That's really great. Um, to obviously part in part the knowledge that you've picked up along the journey as well to um, budding real estate agents out there. But um, in terms of obviously, you've worked in uh, the education sector, is there any transferable skills that you picked up from teaching? I know they, the kids used to call you Mr. O. Uh, is there any transferable skills that you picked up from looking after younger kids that you apply to real estate? Communication is just phenomenal. If you're not able to really articulate what you want someone else to understand, you're not going anywhere. And one of the biggest aspects of teaching is being able to really get your point across to the pupils so that they get what you are saying. And then when you see that aha moment happen, you're like, wow, there's no amount of money that you can pay any teacher because if they know that they've influenced you and you become better, that it hits you right there. So for me, that was one reason why I started teaching and why I've continued it. It's, it, it's now become one of the principal things I get when I stand in front of a group is just seeing them like, taking it in and then you can see the light bulb coming on or they come, they're asking questions whereby you can see where it's leading to with their own understanding. And for me, that is really, really cool in, in, in education. Yeah. I was speaking to a guest last week and um, one of their responses was very similar to yours around communication and I guess getting the message across to vendors or, or landlords if, uh, if you're speaking to them on the renting front about you know, how things operate. If you can't articulate things clearly and concisely, uh, you're not going to get your message across. And I guess that's the same with, with kids as well. If you're not getting your message across clearly, they're not going to understand what you're talking about. So, um, yeah, I think that that's certainly a very important skill that you're bringing across to the real estate space, which is fantastic. So for me, a lot of what I wanted to do was really try to, to influence the real estate market by becoming a better educator and helping people to become better 
in the industry. So I, for example, now I am a trainer and an assessor. So and I work for RTOs providing real estate training uh, and for people to become agents rep and fully licensed. It's one of the best part of, of, of training what the government have, uh, have done recently, especially in that they have changed the training from three units in agents rep to a full set four. So they've made it harder, but they've made it a lot more, uh, for me, they've made it a lot more interesting. And people now have to actually finish that full qualification before they can become an agent's rep, which means they learn more. They're more ready to go into the market space. And if, if everybody's got similar style training to move forward, then I believe that we're going to see a, a big difference in, in, in agents of the future who are more ethical, and who have better systems, and uh, and marketplace will flow flow much better. And hopefully, it will change the ethos that some people think about real estate agents and the whole thing of we all drive flash cars and wear nice suits twenty four seven. Yeah. Well, I know when I got my uh, agent's rep, I basically got it out of a cereal box. I did your three three units, and I was away. Um, so yeah, they've certainly changed that recently, which. As you said, I think is a really good thing. It means that you know you need to know what you're doing. You can't just go out there and wing it now, uh, because you know when you're dealing with someone's biggest asset and you've got no idea what you're doing, that is just very, very irresponsible. So yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, and you know, kudos to you for uh, for helping agents get their uh, their sub agents license and, and getting into the industry. That's fantastic. Now. We spoke a little bit earlier about your business um, and you obviously get a lot of your business through referrals. Um, for any new players coming in, into the industry, how would you go about setting up a new business um, and I guess building out uh, the brand? How would you do it if you were to start over again? Well, it's similar to what I first did actually. The first thing I did was to look through all my contacts and pick up the phone and I called everyone and told them what I was thinking of doing. And I asked a lot of advice. I went to quite a few, a few friends who are already established in business and I asked them what the pitfalls are. And, and one of the biggest pitfalls that someone told me was you're going to be chasing people to pay their bills. And I thought, wow, oh, that's going to be rubbish. But it is any small business person, ask them if one of the biggest headaches they have is you've done the job and people take ages to pay your bill. So, so, so being able to regulate cash flow is one key advice that I ask, I would say to people to, to have that in the back of your mind, that you need to have constant cash flow within your business. You must be able to set up systems to start with. Once you're able to set up systems within, and that is your listing, your listing systems, your property management system, trust accounting. Uh, these are all key areas that you will need to have available and be well versed in so you can actually teach it to other people as well within your team. Because you will also become a teacher now, not just someone that owns the business. If you're just going to go out on your own, then by all means go out on your own, but you still need to have the systems in place. You need to have your forms, know how to fill out the forms, know where the mistakes would be and and have a mentor that can actually have a, a look over for, for you for the first six months. And that is pivotal in what you are doing moving forward is if you don't have the right mentors around you, you will not grow in your business. The uh, And then you look at all the sub 
businesses that complement your business. For example, now, once a week, I catch up with either a solicitor, a conveyancer, or a financial advisor. And we just talk about each other's in industries. What's going on in yours? What's happening? And they become your referral partners. Yeah. And so as I do, uh, as I close deals, I refer them to a conveyancer or a solicitor and, and vice versa. So these are people that are critical within our industries that we must make sure that we meet, meet up with, find out what's going on in their end because your business affects their business. Yeah. And right down to the people that are doing a fit outs in, in offices. It is phenomenal the amount of business that I now reciprocate with fit out people. Because yeah. uh, because I if I've got a tenant leaving and they need to defit, I refer to someone else and they come and defit. And if they, if they know someone thinking of leaving, they might say, oh, give Kizzy a call. He might, he'll come and help you find a space as, a, as an advocate. We have so many avenues of different businesses now that if mm. you don't go out and actually meet more people, your mm. business is going nowhere. That is fantastic. I really, really like that. Um, I know when I started my business back in 2017, um, I started a property management business uh, and I just thought that I could put ads up online and you know wait for the clients to come to me. But if you get out there, you network as much as possible, they're the easiest wins, right? You don't have to pay for those leads. It's just about getting out of your comfort zone and speaking to as many people as possible because ultimately there will be something that comes out of that, some nugget that uh, is worth an absolute fortune to you in the long run. So I really like uh, what you've said there. That's very, very powerful. Now, um, I guess the next part and well, the next question, uh, obviously you have a couple of different businesses as we've already discussed. Um, there's a lot of people out there talking about multiple income streams. It seems to be the craze at the moment. Um, do you think that real estate is a job that you can do part-time? Is it something you need to do full-time? What's your thoughts on that having you know multiple businesses up in the air at the moment? Well, it, it, somebody somebody said this to me not long ago. Said to me, "Kids, if you focus on just one area of your business, you're gonna you're just gonna kill it." So I said to him, "Look, I love teaching, and I love real estate. So what best to do is to put them together and teach real estate. So hence why I ended up having super sales coaching and then Flash Property Group. Now, in if you depending on what you want in life, you need to go." out there and get it. If real estate is, is the vehicle you want to use to generate wealth, to, to feed your family, to own properties, then you need to be in 100%. That means you're doing the 12 hour days, the 14 hour days. There's no nine to five and then you clock off and, and you're gone. No, the hard, it's hard work. It is not easy. Um, the whole thing of list, manage, uh, um, sell and rinse and repeat. That's literally it. We list, we manage, and we sell. And then we do it again. And in, in each of those stages, there's multiple parts. So uh, within listing, for example, you've got the prospecting part, whereby you should be doing that every single day. If you're not, if you're going to be a top, a top performer is making 40 to 50 outbound calls every day. Without a doubt. I, I teach my clients to have an hour of power. And in that hour of power, you have your headset on, you stand up, you've got your phone, and you've got your numbers, you prep beforehand and then you get on it and you call as many people as you can. Now, if you're beginning in the industry, start with 10 calls a day. 10 calls, that's 50 a week, 200 a month. I guarantee you will see what will happen. And, what, and one thing that I always encourage anyone in the industry to do 
is your scripts. Learn your scripts. Make it your own. Put in your own language. And you chant it. You you find people in your office, at home, your wife, your cousin, your auntie, your next-door neighbour, to role-play with. Mm. And role-play 24-7 until you are comfortable with it. And then go out into the public. Another thing you can do as well uh, within that is when you are coming into the marketplace, you've told all your friends that you're in, in real estate, ask them, can I appraise your house so I can learn my pattern? Go and appraise your friends' houses and walk through and then sit down with them and discuss what it is that you're trying to do and how you've got... Because in those safe spaces, you can become better and better. What people tend to do is that they think that if they just go with it, with an agent who has already been doing it for 20 years, they will just listen to them and copy their style. No, no, do not copy other people's style. You can take bits from them and make it into your own, but you have your own, own style and you embrace that style because you th not everyone's going to like that style, but it's okay. Not everyone's going to like you. That's okay. Move yep. on. It's like a water of a duck's back. Move on. Because what people get hung up on is, oh, they don't like me. So, so they didn't give me the listing. No, you just weren't good enough, right? Your skill skill set was not good enough for you to get that listing. Well, that's mm. okay. You need to be able to look, look in the mirror and say to yourself, right, well, what do I need to now do to incre increase my skill set? Do I need a mentor? Do I need to get a coach to do this? Do I need to, to listen to more podcasts? Do I need to ask my, my directors to help me with role-playing and how to overcome objections? If you're not able to ask yourself those hard questions, you're not moving forward in real estate. Mm. Yeah, I think that um, the training side of things is very, very important. Um, you know, you'll be in a living room one time and you'll get asked a question that you've never thought about in your entire life. So the more that you can train up and think about all the, ran the random questions that may come up, you'll have more time. Uh, it'll be easier to answer. You'll be far more confident in delivering it and you'll win a lot more business. So yeah, I think that um, that's very, very important. Now, we are obviously in a very difficult market at the moment, particularly from a residential standpoint. Um, and, you know, we've already started to see a lot of agents leave the industry because it's all too difficult. You know, they list properties fine, but they're just not selling. They're not getting paid for all the hard work that they're doing. Uh, this is difficult, right? Uh, and, you know, it can be mentally draining. Uh, you can get into some pretty dark spaces. You're obviously doing a lot of training on this front and helping people with their mindset. What would you say to people uh, at the moment uh, to help them get through these really challenging times? Okay, so uh, thank you for that question. One of the areas that we actually have developed about five years ago was something called PMA, which is Positive Mental Attitude. Now I've been delivering that to school, uh, to secondary schools and youth leaders in councils around Melbourne. And with help from our psychology friends, we are now putting together something for real estate agents. Because I, the amount of people that have come to me to say to me they're going through a lot of anxiety and they don't know how to deal with it. And in a lot of cases, being anxious is trying to live in the future. Mm. So we're trying to say to them, you need to be back in the present and understand what is going on. And if you've ever met anyone that is depressed or anxious at times, they can feel trapped inside themselves and not know what to do. There are people that will say to me, kids, I feel as though everything and, every, and everyone, everyone is just against me and I, don't, and I don't know what to do. Or they will say, I want to make friends, but I don't want to be social. Right? 
I, I want to be alone, but I don't want to be lonely. So I, the first thing I would say to them is, okay, firstly, let's look at this. What is your self-talk like? Right? What is your self-talk? What are you saying to yourself when adversity occurs? Because if adversity is occurring and the first thing you do is have negative self-talk, then you need to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Literally. So stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. And when I say talking to yourself, positive things, affirmations that you're going to use, and you talk to yourself in the presence. I am. I am great. I'm a great real estate agent. I am a great presenter. I am a great husband. I'm a great dad. I'm a, I'm, I'm a great friend. Things that you you know to be true to yourself, keep saying these things to yourself. And if you catch yourself about to be negative, you need to flip the script. Go, if, I, if I go in front of the mirror, I have a friend from, from the UK when we were at university and the, he was such a cool dude. He used to, every morning he'd wake up and all I heard from, from his room was, I'm a tiger, come on! <laughs> Literally every day, I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? But that was his wake up call for himself. And whenever he felt down, he'd go in the mirror and he tells himself he's a tiger. So if that works for you, go for it. Because it is, it, the whole thing is you're in control of your emotions. And if you, if you let negative self-talk change that, then you're just going to keep yourself down. So the more you talk to yourself and be positive in that talk, the more you can literally flip the script and to move forward. It's not easy to start with. It's not easy at all. But you have to be able to beat that down. I, I, have, I have a client who has actually named her self-talk and it's quite cool. She, she calls herself talk Debbie Downer. So whenever Debbie Downer says something interesting in her brain, she's like, oh, there goes Debbie Downer again. And that is a way for her to defeat Debbie Downer. And I thought that is just so great. Naming yourself talk with something ridiculous so that you can say, that, that beat it down and say, no, 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 no. I am, I am Kizzy. I am great at what I do. I am, I'm the best at what I do. I'm striving to become the best, the best I'm going to do. And just keep pushing forward because at the end of the day, we've got one life. There's yeah. no rehearsal. There's no rehearsal. You can't, we, we can't rewind and do it again. You just have to deal with it. And so in order to deal with it, we need to learn these skills. And so as adversity comes to us, we flip the script for the people that are living in the industry, right? It's purely because a lot of them have never experienced this marketplace and they don't know what to do. So in that, they need to increase their training. They need to find out what other people are doing. Go to your top performer, ask them, can I buy your coffee? Tell me, what are you doing differently so that I can learn? People are happy to help. Just ask for help. Help me. Please help me. It's simple. Uh, yeah. Please help me. I want, I want to be as good as you. Help me. Tell me what I can do differently with my business to help me grow. And if you don't, if you're not able to ask for help, then yes, by all means leave. But if you want to stay in the industry and grow and become better, ask for help. Ask for help. Whether it's your mental state, your business state, ask for help. It's something that, uh, as human beings, we can do. And whenever anyone asks you for help, what have you done? You've always helped because we all have that nature in us that we want to help. So you said to her, um, oh, mate, can you give me a hand, please? Of course. What do you need? And people have that connotation and intention to want to help. So ask. So I've got a question for you then. Um, I yeah. would always get very negative uh, when, you know, I didn't have a good month of sales or a couple of months and my retainer was building up and building up and I was getting very, very down on myself. 
what would what would you say to me in that situation? How would you get me out of that hole? Then you've got this financial pressure building up in the background. Things are seeming all too much. It seems like the only thing to do is to get out of the industry. What would you say in that situation? Okay, the first, the very first start of you in in real estate is going to be hard. And and I I went through the same thing when I started at Barry Plant. That the first three months. I freaked out. I'm like, what's this retaining stuff? It's still building. <laughs> I'm like, oh my yeah. God, what's going on? Right? Yeah. So, but in, in saying that, like I said, I, I was fortunate enough that I had some good people around me. I, I kid you, Adin Siriani, yeah, I remember going to see him and I was saying to him, uh, quite simply, similar to what, like I said, said now I'm struggling with this. I didn't know what to do with it. And this was 2010, I think, or 20, or, yeah, 2010. And he goes to me, why don't you come on a prospect drive with me? I'm like, what's that? So, and so agents, if you're not doing a prospect drive of your zone, <laughs> you're doing a disservice to yourself. He took me in his car and we drove up and down every street in his zone that he looked after. And he said to me, the reason why I do that, I do, the, and he, he, he did this religiously once a week, is to see what's going on in my area. Who's building what? Who is doing the garage sale? Uh, who's who's got stuff outside the house looking as though they're about to sell? And then when and then when he saw something of interest, he stopped the car, and he went in and not and not, or he would leave a note, a handwritten note, take a blue pen, keep it with you at all times, handwritten note, put it in the letterbox, and sign it, put your number, a blue pen, people know you wrote it. With a black pen, it could just be printed. Sure. And and one thing he one thing he taught me, which was so cool, we, we were driving through. Uh, uh, one of the streets and there was a guy immaculate garden immaculate absolutely immaculate garden he goes to me go write a note and put it in the letterbox saying your garden's amazing so I did that put a note in and it must be like months going past this guy called me to thank me for that note and I ended up getting to know him and I went to, to his house I praised it told me about what was going on in the rest of the street and I ended up selling a house in that street because he, he introduced me to someone else Ego figures, just by you being nice and just actively doing something, it, it can change. So in, in, in that instant, if you've got bad month, pull your socks up and go again, Yeah. right? Because if it's happened, it's gone. You can't relive it. You can't go to the past and do it again. But next month, right, what can I do differently? What did yep. I do right? What did I do wrong? So self-reflection, is one of the biggest part of our business. If you're not able to do it and look at yourself objectively, you can't be in, you can't be the business. You are going to fail, and fail simply means first attempt in learning. Try again. Yeah. Flip the script. Find a different way to do what you did. They, they're not saying no to you. They're saying no to your patter, to the way you spoke, or to the way you presented yourself. So find out what the top people are doing, emulate them, make it your own, and go and try it again. Like I said, if you if you come to me and said to me at the end of the month, kids, I had a really bad month. I'm like, well, how many calls did you make this month? I made five. Well, I rest my case. Uh, did you do 10 calls a day just as a starting point? And then move that up. Hmm. Right? Are you doing your letter drops? Are you doing your letter drops physically yourself? Because if you're just paying someone to do your letter drops and you're new in the industry, stop doing that. Get out hmm. there. Because you're going to meet people. And one of the best times to do letter drops I do, you don't know when the best time to do letter drop is? Sunday afternoon, 3 Sunday to 5 p.m. People are going to hate I, hearing this, Dizzy. Oh, seriously, I kid you not. Because guess what? Everyone's at home. 
And if you're walking up and down the street, people are in the garden doing stuff. Hey, I'm Kizzy. I'm from I'm from this estate agent. Uh, we're just selling this down the street. There you go. You want to come to the open next week? Done. That simple. You're not selling anything. Move on to the next one. And yeah. if you've got kids with you, bring the kids. The kids will love it. If you've got your dog, bring the dog. But it is such a cool time to do it. And I learned that by accident. Yeah. I went to a conference. Uh, I think it was the Barry Plant conference. And one of the guys I was talking to, he was he, he was one of the top listers. And I said to him, how do you do it? He goes, I do my door knocking on Sundays. I was like, no, people, no one will talk to you on a Sunday. And he goes to me, try it. So I did. And it worked. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Right? So it's, it, try different things. Yeah. Try different things. If you don't try different things, you never know what will work in your marketplace. So mm. if you just keep doing what everyone else is doing and expect a different outcome, guess what? That's insanity. That's the definition of insanity. So yeah. change it. Change it. Try different things and make it work. And, and that way, when the second month rolls in and you've seen the numbers increase, okay, this worked, that worked. Now, what didn't work, let's remove it, add something else to it. Because it's a trial and error. Yeah. That's what we're doing, trial and error, and just keep moving forward. Activity breeds activity, right? So, uh, you know, you get yourself out of it. Any hole you're in, if you start getting some success off the back of uh, doing all the hard work. So, <laughs> very true. What got you into the mindset stuff? I mean, you know, this is a, a key focus of your business. Is there something that happened in your life that sort of said, I want to help people uh, with their mindset? Well, um, I would say it really started from teaching. Yeah. I remember, when, I remember as a school teacher, I was head of year 10. And so that did all 15 years in London. And I had 120 pupils. Now, on a Monday morning, I'd have a line of kids outside my office mm. wanting to talk to me about their weekend. And I became an agony uncle to them. And they would just, they would just dump on me. I remember I would come home and, and the missus would go, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm emotionally drained because I was mm. just giving. So really it started from there, whereby I, I realized that actually uh, I wanted to help people. So as we, as we started doing more and more uh, coaching, uh, I found that more and more people were asking me the questions that of, of how to deal with their mental state. So I ended, I ended up doing courses in in, um, in mental health. Did this, uh, I've done a cert four in mental health. Did my working uh, um, a, a mental health first aid course, and yeah. all of these really helped me to better understand what is going on. Yeah. And then I've got quite a few good psychology mates who are just phenomenal in the field, who I've been able to tap into and really ask for their help to move forward, and they are just amazing. And one of, the, one of the critical people that I would say, if you ever get a chance, and he's an organizational psychologist, uh, Peter Zaris, phenomenal guy, based in South Melbourne, works hard, 25 plus years in the industry. One um, unbelievable, unbelievable work ethic. This guy is so cool. And he's helped me to develop a lot of different parts of my own business uh, uh, in relation to, to mindset and mental health. So I would say that from school day, from being a school teacher, helped me to move into this. And then the more and more I'm working with people, the more and more I'm realizing that everybody, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, and in 20, in 2009, when I came here, I remember being anxious. Mm. And I, because I, I'm, I'm from East London. I don't know anyone. And I had to start from scratch. So how did I, how did I end up, so I ended up making friends. I, I joined the uh, Fiverrside Football Club. And that was quite cool. So I played football for a bit, met new people that way, doing sports. And it just it just moved on from there. So, and at the time, I remember always making sure that my 
my self-talk because one thing that when I was in school is when I learned about your self-talk and how to do and how to deal with it was always positive. And whenever I caught myself being negative, I literally walked to the mirror and I would start saying positive things to myself and it stopped me from feeling that way. So it's, it's, it's a process. It's a process and you have to just keep going through and, and have those systems and steps in place to get over, over things. Yeah. So in light of that and the mental health and the, the mindset discussion, what, what does success look like for you? I, I believe I'm right now is success for me. I've got three yep. beautiful, healthy kids, yep. a beautiful wife. I've got a lovely home. I'm, yeah, it's nice. It's yep. nice. I don't need to wear bling bling and all that to be successful because that's yep. not success. If, if material things is what people think is success, then that's okay for them. Yeah. For me, it's having a nice family environment, happy life. One of my best joys is I coach my under eight girls basketball team. Yep. Now, you got if you got to see this, I'm six foot four, so I've got these little tiny girls doing their basketball, and I'm and I'm shouting at them on the court for encouragement and things. And for me, I'm in the zone for that yep. hour and a half. Nothing else matters. So that is success for me. I am serious. It's finding the love. In the little things because you can live most of your life in different moments within your life and it's amazing if you don't accept those moments and be there because I, because everybody's living their life through a lens we're all there with our phone doing this yeah? Yeah. if you want to do that okay but put your phone down so that you can video it but be in the moment enjoy what's going on because once it's gone it's gone Mm. It's, uh, I, if you ever if you ever go to an aged care home and go and go and I, I encourage everyone to go and volunteer in an aged care home, just go there for half a day, volunteer, and then speak to the people that live there and ask them, is there anything you regret? And it will seriously wake you up. Uh, yeah, you wake up to your, to all this all this stuff that you think that are are uh, uh, <laughs> that you hold dear and all the stuff that you think matters because mm. they will tell you the truth. Hmm. Uh, and the truth is family friends you matter yep. you matter and i think covid did that as well don't you think i mean i i used to have a different perspective on life and then covid rolled around and you couldn't see your friends you couldn't see your family and you realized how much you missed it right so yeah i think that certainly for me anyway and i know a number of people i've spoken to that really changed priorities uh for a lot of people so, yeah, interesting times, and we're on the other side of that now, but anyway. Um, now, we're just talking about some advice for people that have, I guess, either started a business or are getting into the industry. They feel like they're failing, right? Um, what do you think they could be doing? Is there any advice that you give them right now to help them get through these tricky times? Look at your systems. Look at yep. what areas are failing. Do you need a business coach? Do you need a mindset coach? You need to look at who in your sphere of influence can actually help you to overcome the adversity that you're currently going through. Because remember, many people before your time have done the businesses. Mm. Uh, if, the, if your current sphere of influence is not helping you or not good enough, change it. Mm. Change it. Like, like I said earlier, you've got one life only. If you don't do what makes you happy now, then in five years' time, you're going to look back and say, why didn't I do this then? I always think of, of my future self. And I say, what would my future self think of me in five years' time if I decide not to do 
what I need to do. Mm. So if you if you look at your future self and then uh, and literally try and envisage your future self looking at you at this moment in time and telling you why didn't you do this? Why didn't you go to the gym like you said you're going to do? And and this is an, another area that we I work on with people on is on the promises we break to ourselves. Mm. Right? If you think about it the biggest and longest relationship you're ever going to have is with yourself. That's if you're true. breaking promises all the time to yourself, your subconscious, every time you want to do something, will, will stop you from doing it because it mm-hmm. thinks you're going to break that promise. So you have to start rebuilding. You have to start rebuilding your subconscious again. So if yeah. you're breaking promises to yourself, you work, say, right, tomorrow morning, six o'clock, I'm at the gym. Six o'clock comes, it's raining, you're like, no, nah, not going. You've broken a promise to yourself. Yeah. The next day, same thing. It, it all adds a comp- it just comp- all comes together, and your br- your mindset is like no, no, no. So so when you do want something that you really want to do, your mindset is going to stop you from doing it because you've broken that promise so many times. So you have to then start rebuilding and do little things, yeah. literally little things to build it up again. Kizzy, I broke my promise to myself to go to the gym this morning, but that wasn't my fault. The traffic was terrible. So <laughs> look, I won't, I won't beat myself up on that, right? I anyway, love it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now, quick fire into this podcast. A couple of last questions for you. You've been an absolute superstar, so thank you. Uh, one simple piece of advice you would give to a buyer, vendor, or agent right now in the current climate, what would you say to them? Okay, for buyers, buy what you can afford. Look yeah. at look at look around you. Buy getting them if you can get the market now. Gain the market. Buy whatever you can afford. Do not w- try and wait for the twenty, ten, five million dollar property that you want to be or the zone you want to be in. Buy what you can afford. Get into the ladder because once you're in the ladder, it then gives you opportunity to then leverage that property to do other things. But just get in. That's the yeah. main thing I would say to you. And right now, a great time to negotiate. Find something that you love and within your price point that you can make sure that if interest rate goes up by number three or four percent that you can afford it yeah that's what you have to do you have to future proof yourself uh with sellers if you're gonna if you're gonna sell remember and uh, you're gonna if you're selling remember you're gonna sell and buy in the same marketplace so it's not so much what you, what you get for your property it's also what you're going to buy to replace yeah. it uh, get advice stage your home if there's little maintenance stuff that needs to be done do it get it yep. done because that could be the difference you're getting an extra ten thousand twenty thousand that and for yourself i remember one thing when choosing agents it's not necessarily the cheapest agent that is your best agent yeah okay so so the cheapest agent is not necessarily your best agent the one that's going to give you the most value and get the best for you in the marketplace would be your best agent so you need to be able to understand that part of yep. of real estate and for and for agents moving forward, it's hard work. I said earlier, pull your socks up. It's a grind, but yeah. there's success at the other side. Just remember, right here where you're scared of everything, once you get over that fear, you're good to go. Have yeah. your systems in place. Talk to mentors. Get someone that can help you go through the processes if you don't already know the processes. And learn as much as possible because yeah. the more you learn, the better you'll become. So I want you to chant your scripts, learn them by heart, practice them with your friends, family, anyone that will listen to you, practice them 
and literally rehearse them. Because once you get in front of a prospective buyer, seller, renter, landlord, you haven't got a second chance to make a first impression. Yeah. So the more you practice in a safe space, the better it is for you to be able to move forward when you get to in the real world. So good Love luck that. out there. Love that. Now, this last question, I'm just going to put a little disclaimer out there that this isn't providing any financial advice to anyone listening. But <laughs> if you had a million dollars right now, what would you do with it? Would you jump I'll into give the, it to the wine. <laughs> I just give it to the wife. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? What am I going to buy? I just give it to the wife. Like, what do you want, honey? Yeah. Right? They say a happy wife's happy life. So it's that simple. She's got all the ideas of what needs to be done. If I, yeah. if I, yeah, I'll just give it to the wife, mate. <laughs> what what am I going to do? I've got a car, I've got a house, I've got kids. I'm happy. Yeah, give it to the wife. If she wants to do yeah. stuff with it, she we'll can it. sort it I'm out. Happy where I'm at. Well, fantastic. Well, Kizzy, that's the end of the program. Thank you so much for joining us. I have picked up so much value from our little chat here today. Um, and whilst I'm not in the trenches selling real estate and renting real estate anymore, uh, I'm going to apply a lot of what we've discussed here today uh, to my life. So thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you maybe in the future, but thank you again for being such a superstar. And we look forward to catching up with you soon. Oh, massive thank you for having me today. Really, really enjoyed it. You take good care of yourself. I look forward to catching up soon as well. See you soon. Before you go, please hit follow, like, and subscribe to make sure you have me and my next guest back in your ears in two weeks' time. Until then, make sure you share this episode with your friends and colleagues, find details and resources in the show notes, and get in touch via Homely Socials with any questions. That's at homely.com.au on Insta, Facebook, and TikTok.